As a part of Lent, uh, what we're about to enter as a church family, uh, we're going to enter into an experience of spiritual growth and challenge that might be uncomfortable for some of you, but as you listen for the Holy Spirit, uh, I believe you're going to hear an invitation to experience the holy love of Jesus in a new and, and profound way. As I mentioned in my offering talk, we want to look at what it means to move from just surviving to thriving in our lives and in our church. And while our focus will be on finances, the biblical principles we'll be looking at apply to many parts of our lives. You can apply this all over the place. We're excited because our goal is that 12 months from now, you and your family and our mission together as a church will move from surviving to thriving. We want to talk about how we can build margin into our lives so that we can thrive. And we have a theme scripture for this series. It, it comes from the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs 29. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When you thrive, others rejoice. When you thrive, others are blessed. Your family is blessed. The people you work with are blessed. Your neighbors are blessed. And when we thrive together as a church family, the city rejoices. The city is excited that we exist. When we thrive together as a church, we bless the city as more and more are touched and changed by the holy love of Jesus and and people just band together to, to make this city a better place to live. But let me back up and give this series a, a bit of context for what I see God doing in our world right now and why this series is so important. Let me start by talking about the movie Jesus Revolution that is currently showing in the Landmark Theater. Yeah, you should go see it if you can. It's still playing. Uh, get there. Uh, I don't know when it's leaving, but it's been around for a week. It's here this week. Jesus' revolution is the story of some ordinary, obviously flawed human beings like you and me, who God chose to be part of what historians call the biggest spiritual awakening or revival in North American history. It was called the Jesus Revolution or the Jesus People Movement. Some just call them Jesus Freaks, okay? And that Jesus Revolution swept youth groups, Christian camps, college campuses, and churches throughout North America in the early 70s. This movement was responsible for changing how churches worship from just using hymns to more contemporary heartfelt choruses. How we worship today, how you worshiped in song this morning, um, is directly tied to what happened in the church in the early 70s. The change was huge. It was a result of this unusual outpouring of God's Spirit that impacted the majority of churches in North America. And this movement hugely impacted Jane and myself. I heard my call to full-time ministry through this movement. Saw God physically heal for the first time. I saw friends delivered from horrific drug addictions. My life became on fire for Jesus. There's been no turning back. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I preached my first sermon in response to this outpouring of the Spirit. It was May of 1972. I was in grade 9, and don't try to calculate age from that. I was in grade 9, and I won a speech contest in my class. My speech was all about Jesus and how he is at work in our world. I had a hokey tagline to this message. Turn on to Jesus and he'll turn on to you. You'd, you'd have to be from the 70s to understand that phrase, but even so, it's bad. Turn on to Jesus and he'll turn on to you. What was I thinking? 
And I talked about what it means to turn to Jesus, what it means to know and experience Jesus personally, and, and that Jesus will turn towards you and change your life for the better. And I pointed to the Jesus movement of the day and how young lives all over North America were being radically changed for the good. Yep, my first sermon was preached to the entire student body of Woodbine Junior High School in the northern part of Toronto. And I've really never stopped preaching and teaching the word since then. My preaching career was launched in grade nine. I really didn't realize that at the time, but yeah. You know, I have often wondered when God might move again the way he did in the early 70s. God, would you do what you did again? It was such a powerful experience. Fast forward to the past month. Some of you will have heard of it, this, but most of you probably haven't. But God turned up in an unusual way at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky for several weeks in February. On Wednesday, February 8th, a young pastor, Zach McCreebs, from our church family, the Christian Missionary Alliance, spoke at a student chapel at Asbury College. He felt it didn't go very well. He left the pulpit dejected, and he texted his wife, latest stinker, I'll be home soon. He told a friend that he had totally whiffed the sermon. I watched the sermon. It was okay. It was solid, but to quote Michael Frost, who is an Aussie theologian I follow on social media, it's a simple message, and he, he seems like a really genuine man, but it ain't a Bobby Dazzler of a sermon. Yeah, as only an Australian could say, it ain't a Bobby Dazzler of a sermon. Quite frankly, neither are most of mine, just saying. Anyways... Zach talked about when love becomes abuse, and that's a touchy topic, and that God doesn't love like that. And he invited people to come forward for prayer to experience healing, to experience God's healing love. And God used that non-Bobby Dazzler of a sermon to touch off what's being called the 2023 Asbury Awakening. A group of students came up to pray after Zach spoke. They didn't leave. That sermon led to what became a 24-7 worship, prayer, and repentance service that lasted for over two weeks. A worship service that didn't stop and went for two weeks long, over two weeks. And what was happening caught the attention of people all throughout North America. Get this, over 50,000 people suddenly descended on this small 6,000-person town of Wilmore, Kentucky to experience this outpouring of the Spirit for themselves. The school eventually had to shut the thing down. They had to rescue the people of Wilmore from the hordes that were coming and grinding the whole city to a halt, as well as to care for their own exhausted staff and student body. This outpouring or awakening, some use the word revival, then spread to a lot of schools throughout the U.S. and parts of Canada and other parts of the world. It's continuing in many places right now, and in Kentucky, it moved from Asbury to Rupp Arena in Lexington on weekends. Youth and young adults, Gen Z, are experiencing healing, forgiveness, and the holy love of God in some really deep, profound, life-altering ways. And I love that once again, like he did in the 70s, God chose to use an ordinary, everyday, imperfect human being through a sincere but not mesmerizing message to kickstart an outpouring of his spirit, an outpouring that is spreading to school campuses all over. And it just got me asking, what is God up to in 2023? Now, in the middle of what was happening at Asbury came Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't care who was playing. 
I just wanted to see the Super Bowl ads on Fox TV because they don't get blacked out there. And, and guess what? Jesus turned up at the Super Bowl in two ads. I want you to take a look at the shorter ad, but if you're watching online, it's possible because of the music uh, in this video that Facebook and YouTube might black this out, just letting let you know in case that happens. But take a look at this shorter Super Bowl ad called Be Childlike. What a wonderful world this would be. There'd be no trouble and no... So, it's pretty awesome that this got played all over North America, the world. There was a second ad that was much grittier, uh, that was a twice as long as that one. And on Monday morning, the two Jesus Gets Us Super Bowl ads were among the top trending topics on Twitter. The best way I can describe what I see happening in all sorts of places, I don't have time to list them all, is to use a phrase from C.S. Lewis's children's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, a book, by the way, that every parent should read with their kids. You all need to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with your kids or, or watch the video. Such an awesome way to teach about Jesus. So what do I see happening right now? Friends, Aslan is on the move. This is what the character Beaver tells the four English children after they arrive in the magical land of Narnia. Aslan is a majestic, all-powerful lion who is a picture of Jesus in this C.S. Lewis book series. Now, Narnia has been in a state of eternal winter under the control of the White Witch, a picture of the evil one. And Aslan, Jesus, is the key to turning this winter around. Here's what I'm thinking. Our 2023 world coming out of the pandemic still looks a lot like winter. Post-pandemic, people are deeply divided in countless ways, left versus right. I doubt I can even describe the intensity of this split without causing offense, even here from some holding strong viewpoints at one end and on the other end of the spectrum. We have war in Ukraine, war that threatens to destabilize the entire world, its energy supply and its economy with challenging interest rates. Most in Canada align with Ukraine, but a sizable group do not. We're polarized about this war. But as the war continues, we fear the Chinese as they partner with the Russians. We fear the Chinese, period. And we fear that Putin is crazy enough to use nuclear weapons if he doesn't get what he wants. Let me keep going. We're deeply, angrily split on how to approach caring for the environment across this country. Do we work with ethical, cleaner oil that we produce here in northern Alberta? Or do we take a, a radical, carbon-free approach to living that we're not sure how that would work, but we just think we should do it anyways for the sake of the planet? Racial unrest continues. Uh, Jane and I went on Wednesday to see the movie uh, Bones of Crows at Keanu. It's a riveting, inspiring, multi-generational story of resilience and overcoming the impact of residential schools. It should be in theaters this spring. Every Canadian needs to see this. Those of us of European descent have so much more that we need to do to promote truth and reconciliation. 
Resolving racial tension in Canada needs to happen in so many different areas. As I look at this winter that continues to grip our country and world, friends, we need hope more than ever. But even as we're in the grip of this winter, I see some rays of sunshine breaking through. I see Aslan on the move. Uh, Allison uh, Perfatter, the student body president at Asbury, to explain what she saw happening at her school, quoted Habakkuk 1.5 to Fox News. Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if I told you. Yeah, Aslan is on the move. And that brings us to this series called Thrive that we're starting today. Friends, we want to position ourselves. We want to position this church and your life so that we can be part of what God is doing in this world. We want to be able to join with Aslan as he is on the move. I believe that God is moving. I don't know how he plans to continue to move, just that he will move, and he's inviting you and me to be a part of his mission of changing lives now and forever with his holy love. We, what we want to do in this series of messages is encourage us as a church family to live with margin so that we can live on purpose as we generously partner with the mission of Jesus. We want to see you personally and our church move from surviving to thriving. And to do this, we must find the margin we need to give our time, our talents, and our finances to join in with what God wants to do in our city and world. We need margin to thrive. Let's be honest, surviving is not all that fun, is it? You survive winter. You woke up this morning and you said, is it over yet, right? You survive school. You survive where you work. I survive shopping with Jane. We survive social media. I survived the PC until I found a Mac, true story. But none of us loves just surviving. You don't want to just survive in your marriage. You want your marriage to thrive. And the focus of this series will be in an area uh, where so many of us are just surviving, and that's the area of personal finances. It's only one area where we need to thrive, but it's an area that we do need to address, despite the fact that so many of us are so uncomfortable when we talk about it. Like I'll be treading on some pretty cynical ground. Many of us are gripped by the dark spirit of mammon, and so this series will thrust us into a bit of spiritual war, just letting you know, for so many of us, if truth be told, money is our God, and, and so things are going to get stirred up a bit. Friends, when people have no margin in their finances, what happens? It adds stress and tension to marriages. It's why some of you can't sleep at night. For some of you, it's the constant low drone of worry. Some of you alternate from despair, we'll never get out of this, to avoidance. I can't even look at it. I don't think anyone is saying, hey, I just feel so much better now that we have 84 months of payments at 7.9% interest. Oh, yeah, with that, I'm going to sleep better at night. I, I'm just so happy that another $673 of money is, a month is leaving our bank account. I mean, that just makes me feel better, right? Friends. Lack of margin in any area of your life, including the lack of financial margin, never causes you to hear God better. Rather, it will cause you to miss what he is saying, to, to miss what he is doing, to, to miss his invitation to you to become all that he would have you be. You will miss joining with Aslan on the move. So many families have no financial margin. 
We want to change that. We want to be part of the solution. Because when people just survive, it has implications way beyond the family. When people just survive, our city just survives, and our church just survives. Now, for some of you, you're doing well, and margin is not your issue. You have margin. And here's what I would say to you. Margin needs a purpose. Margin needs to be used on mission. And that's what we want to do over this next year. We want to help move our whole church family to live with margin so that we can be living on mission, so that we can be part of what God is doing right now. To help you understand <clears throat> excuse me, where I'm going, I want to take you to a, a story that the Apostle Luke tells us about Jesus and some people trying to get to him so that he might heal their friend. It's found in Luke chapter 5, and if you have a Bible on your phone or a Bible with you, you can follow along, Luke 5, 17. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed like these men just showed up from every village and all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Friends, you do need a power. We all need a power. We need to experience God's power, his healing, transforming power in so many different areas of our lives. And you probably haven't thought about this, but if you have financial issues in your life, if you lack margin after tapping into your own power, and your own power has gotten you into the mess you're in, there is another power that can be at work in your life. That God does want to be powerfully involved in your finances, help you thrive like he wants to be involved in every area of your life. You think about that. Okay, Luke continues to write. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and they took off some tiles. Wow, that's a gutsy move taking the tiles off of a guy's roof so that they could get their friend to Jesus. But hey, that's what friends do. They dig through the roof to help a friend, right? That's what we're doing here at Fort City. As a church, we want to dig through roofs to help people get to Jesus. To quote Craig Rochelle, we'll do anything short of sin to get people to Jesus. Sure. We could do church in normal, safe ways, but friends, we just don't want to be a normal, average church. We want to be a church that creates environments that we can bring our friends into. We want to be a church that is a safe place for our unchurched friends to have a dangerous, life-changing encounter with Jesus. A church where everyone is welcome, nobody is perfect, anything can happen. We want to be a church that helps the broken, the hurt, the addicted, the lonely, the depressed, the confused to come to Jesus and experience his healing, life-changing power for themselves. Back to Luke. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down to the ground right in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. I love that. This is so awesome. Jesus, seeing their faith. When was the last time God saw your faith? Seriously, try to answer that question. When was the last time God saw your faith? Like what bold thing, what, what tangible thing have you done as an act of faith in Jesus? When was the last time you realigned your life with the ways and priorities of Jesus? When did you last fully surrender your life to Jesus and say to Jesus, I'm all in. 
I will follow you and do what you bid me to do. Give what you ask me to give. I'm all in. That's what Thrive is all about. Thrive is an invitation, not coercion. It's an invitation, an opportunity to realign your life with Jesus and his way so that you can thrive so that your life is on mission with Jesus. So that your life is not just healed and transformed by Jesus, but it's making a difference in the lives of others for Jesus. Okay, Luke continues. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the young man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? This is blasphemy. I mean, only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. I mean, wouldn't you have loved to have been there when that happened, eh? Let me, let me apply this to those of you who are paralyzed by finances. We would love to see you walking and moving and jumping a year from now. We would love to have you stop seeing money as an obstacle, but to see it as an opportunity. We would love to see you living life to the full with margin. And we want to be real practical about this, like really help you. So on Saturday, April 29th, that's a bit far away, but I want you to get this on your calendar now. On Saturday, April 29th, we've invited Joe Sangle. He's one awesome teacher on biblical personal finances to come back and teach us how to live with margin. He's been here twice. He's done what's called a financial learning experience that some of you have been a part of. This time he's going to do a longer expanded seminar from 9 to 1 called the Financial Freedom Experience. In this seminar, you will get all fired up, all excited, so motivated to get your finances in control so that you can live with freedom and margin in a way that honors God. Joe will then speak on Sunday. And then in May, we will start up a small group or two in the area of biblical financial freedom. I don't want you to miss what Thrive and this seminar are all about. It's so that we all have the margin we need to live on mission. Now, for those of us who God has touched and healed so that we are no longer on the mat, we now want to be those friends digging a hole through the roof to get our friends in need to Jesus. You can only do that if you have margin and are living on mission. Then you will be living for God's kingdom and glory and experiencing the blessing that comes from that. So here's what we're going to do. On Palm Sunday, we're going to ask you to bring your one-time special sacrificial offering where you carry the mat for someone else. And we'll also be asking you to consider a Thrive increase, which is a weekly or monthly increase over what you're currently giving. So would you pray about that? Would you consider it? And would you join us for a day of prayer and fasting this Thursday? Would you take time on Thursday to fast and pray for your own ability to thrive on purpose as well as for the mission of your church? Friends, the call is to carry the mat for someone else, for a kid, for a youth, for someone you work with, someone on your street who needs to be touched deeply by the holy love of Jesus. 
And right now, just try to imagine that you are living with margin and imagine how different your story could be if you were living on mission, carrying that map for others. Hey, Aslan is on the move. Let me uh, give you some encouraging statistics from the Barna organization. Uh, they are American stats, but Canadian stats would be very similar. Uh, these stats are fairly current. 77% right now across North America, across all age groups, believe in God or a higher power. So 77% believe in something. More interestingly, right now, today, 74% say, I would like to grow spiritually. 74%. I mean, the majority of people you work with would actually like to grow spiritually. I know some of you can't imagine that, but it's true. And 44%, almost half of us, are more open to God today than we were before the pandemic. And these stats are strongest among Gen Z. Aslan is on the move. Would you join him? Would you join him? Now, with that question in mind, let me shift gears to communion worship. One of the ways that we say yes to the question, will you join him, is to come to Jesus through communion. Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you join the mission that he started on the cross? Will you follow Jesus who gave his life for us and asks us to give our lives for others? There's a lot of symbol here. And really, it's a public declaration of your faith when you join others in coming forward for communion. In a moment, I will invite you, if you're willing to publicly identify with Jesus, to come forward and take bread and juice that pictures the body and blood of Jesus given for us that our lives would change for the better right now and really would change forever. As you come forward, make this a time of prayer. Even as the team is singing, you can join in the singing, but maybe just make this a time of prayer where you would pray that God would empower you to, to give back, to be a generous giver so that you can live on mission for Jesus and thank God for his generous gift to you that you might thrive now and forever. Take the elements back to your seat and continue to uh, pray and worship. This is a sacred moment. Peel off the upper layer and take the bread and give thanks for the body of Jesus broken for you. And then peel off the next layer and drink the juice, the blood of Jesus, and give thanks for the cleansing work of the blood. As you come forward, our prayer team will be here to pray with whatever needs you sense you need prayed for, and they will continue to be up front after the service. Let them pray for you. Seek God on your behalf. Minister the healing, holy love of Jesus to you. So will you join me in a moment of prayer right now? And actually, could I invite you to pray this with me? Pray these words. Make your own words, whatever works for you. Just make this your own prayer as I pray. Let's pray together. Father God, how can I thank you for your ultimate gift of holy love to me? The death of your son to atone for my sin, so that I might live life to the full now and forever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But God, I get that words are so inadequate. God, I want to say thanks and worship you beyond saying words and singing words. I want to give my life back to you, surrender my life fully and wholly to you, that you would take my life and use it to be on mission for you. I commit my time, my abilities, and my financial resources to you, that you would use me to bring your life-transforming, healing love to people in need all around me. 
I commit to entering into this Thrive campaign with an open heart, with a willingness to hear from your spirit and to respond as you lead. I pray for your blessing on my life and this church that together we will bless this city with the love of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.